0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers, acts of true crime, and all kinds of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm your host Scott Alexander, and right across from me is Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: All right, this is this one's all up to you, and you got a bizarre one for me,
1: dude. I have a weird one,
0: and because you told me ahead of time, I want to warn warn everybody. This is a part one
1: yes, of a. This will be a two parter, two
0: part series. So mm-hmm. you have to stay tuned for part two. Yes. Dun dun dun! It's to keep you coming back.
1: It is. It's it's like you know when they have. Well, I hate to say it like the season finales of shows and then you have to wait till the following season. You don't have to wait that long for this one. Right, right. So I'll just, you know, <laughs> you don't wait until season 2. But um yeah, this one is actually an unsolved one. Oh. Technically. Cool, cool. Yeah. And um it it's it gets even weirder, but it's called, it's about the Honolulu strangler. Okay? And I'm going to start with a quote, and then I'm going to have to do a brief introduction. Not a lot of I'm...
0: serial killing going on in, uh, in Hawaii.
1: Well, let me get into that. Why do you always jack <sighs> my shit?
0: Fine, I had to whatever. fix my
1: hair, sorry. <laughs> um, whenever you find the greatest good, no, wherever you find the greatest good, you'll find the greatest evil. Because evil loves paradise as much as good. And that's by Wallace Stegner.
0: That's because evil also likes to surf.
1: The evil does?
0: Yeah, the evil does. Evil surfers, man.
1: Evil surfers. Whatever, dude. Okay, so a brief introduction before I begin. Um, Now, when most people think about the Hawaiian Islands, you know, you think of the quintessential paradise, right? The ideal tourist destination for fun in the sun. Yep. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought, too. I've never been there, but I'd love to go because, you know.
0: I want to push people into the volcanoes, but go ahead. (laughs)
1: The island of Oahu and the capital Honolulu are perfect examples of a sunny utopia of sorts. Um, However, this wasn't the case in the mid-80s. From May 29th, 1985, maybe even as early as January 21st in 1982, we'll kind of get into that a little later. Through April 29th of 1986, a serial killer terrorized the city of Honolulu and re- was responsible for the brutal, cold-blooded murder of several women. All of these women strangely disappeared, only to be found one to ten days later in various, sometimes remote, remote-ish remote parts of the island. And evidence in each case, each of the cases show how the victims were discovered, what anti-mortem, which is prior to being killed, injuries were inflicted on them, and how each of one was murdered before they were just Disposed of by the killer. Now, I'm anxious to present this case today, which it happens to be, and you kind of hit it right on the head, the very first and only serial killing case documented on the Hawaiian Islands.
0: I kind of figured, because with all the research that we do, we bring up our researcher all the time. I've never... Seen anything on on Hawaii? Yeah, I've never had a researcher come to us and say, "Dude, guess what happened on on Honolulu?" Yeah, They're, exactly. Because you know, I like mean, that. I
1: dug kind of deep, and you you see single murders out there. A lot of drug related. Well, yeah,
0: that makes a sense.
1: lot of like. um I'm not gonna say gang related so much Somebody as you didn't
0: like the luau.
1: No, I'm because like, you have the Samoans and you have these other, you know, like the Polynesian. I guess Polynesian. Polynesian Samoans, yeah. You know. I don't know. So you kind of have like sure. the factions, but whatever. Yeah. So I'll describe in this thing. I'll describe the cir- the circumstances around each victim. Um, and I'll even share like FBI profiles and stuff like that, and. Uh, also pres- I will also present you with information regarding the one and only documented suspect, but I'll also I'll try to give you some theories out there as well, like I did with the Tube Stock Killings. But with the Tube Stock Killings, there was no suspect. So I
0: still can't get over the Tube Stock Killing and the name of it. So just B- K- K- well, Depends you can't get over it just stupid. because
1: of the name, Scott the
0: Tube Stock Killer. Okay. Jesus Christ!
1: And Might as well,
0: Cheerio um, Killer or something.
1: Yeah. Anyways, that's not all I will give. In part two, I was able to uncover some other surprising things to share with you that will either tie it all together or open the door for more questions. You know, I, I'm i kind of torn either way. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> I was going to ask that people hold their, you know, you hold your questions until the end, but um, uh, I honestly think... Oh, no. When I first started, um, you know, because you know as well as I do, that our researchers look for cases they feel will fit our our presentation criteria. Right. And then they just basically say, hey, this is the name. This is where they're from. And then they give it to us and we dig deep. Right. Because we got
0: to know what the hell we're talking about.
1: Yeah. We do a deep dive is what I say. uh, Because with our experience on researching, we know what is relevant and what isn't.
0: Right, like we you don't know. need to know a serial killer had Wheaties for breakfast.
1: No, and not just that, is we can also pretty much tell what's credible and what's not. Oh,
0: totally. You know, totally. <laughs> because if you can, I mean,
1: if you can find some, I mean, just because of blogs out there and several blogs say the same thing, right. a lot of them get that information from each other. Yeah. And, but if you find one thing that's different and can find a couple other credible sources, you know, like FBI Uh profiling or whatever, then that's pretty much what you would go with. But, you know, we've done enough research that that's, we know how to look for it. Um, So, um, where was I? Oh, and then I went on to say how, you know, we search under even the tiniest stone to find information that others aren't able to. Um, And when they gave me this case, I honestly thought it was going to be cut and dry. Almost like the tube sock killings, you know, where it's like, okay, this is the information. This is all we have. Blah, blah, there blah. There was
0: nothing cut and dry about that. No,
1: but it was, it was basically, here's the victims. Here's this. No suspects. What do you think?
0: Okay. I'll go with Got
1: that. Got what I'm saying now, Vern? Okay. I'm picking up
0: what you're throwing down, big mama.
1: <laughs> you, you get what, you, whatever, dude. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Now, I couldn't have been more wrong because I thought I was done digging. For a second and then I found one piece of information under the last rock and it took me down this bizarre t- thing that I was a- unable t- I would not have been able to uncover unless I saw that one tiny thing in there so let us begin we're gonna start with the victims of course because we know nothing about the you know a killer because there's nobody been convicted right Anyways, the first victim's name was Vicki Gale Purdy. Um, She, and I'm saying first known victim because, like I said, I have a theory out, a theory has been thrown out there, and I'll let you decide. Um, She was 25 years old, and she was actually married to a guy by the name of Gary Purdy, who was employed as an Army helicopter pilot. And on the evening of May 29th, 1985, she left the house to meet up with some friends and go dancing at a club in Waikiki. But she never made it that far. According to reports, the last person to see her alive was a taxi driver who was responsible for driving her to the Shorebird Hotel around 12 a.m. And his story actually checked out, you know, so he's not even on the suspect list. It's like they quickly ruled him out because apparently he picked her up, drove her to the hotel because she said she had to get her car and he dropped her off. And the car that she supposedly had to go get was actually later located in the hotel parking lot where she had parked it. So she didn't even make it to her car.
0: One quick question. What year is this supposed to be in?
1: 1985.
0: Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just asking because just for my own.
1: No. No, I said it in the beginning, but you know, of course, sometimes you don't listen to me when I speak.
0: I'm sorry, you're speaking?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I knew that was what you were going to say. Anyways. So the following morning, Vicky's body was actually discovered at Key High Lagoon by laborers um, who were working in the area. She was on the side of the canal, partially submerged in the water. And when detectives arrived on the scene, they noticed that although she was still somewhat clothed in the yellow jumpsuit she'd been wearing when she left the house the previous night, they noticed that she didn't have any underwear on. So when the authorities uncovered her remains from the water, they also noticed that her wrists had been bound with a parachute cord behind her back. Now, I was actually, and I'm going to quickly text you a picture. I've kept this picture away from you on purpose, um, but I will also have it on the website. Okay. Okay. and so I go ahead and say, I saw a documentary on how she was bound, and although I do not have parachute cord, I actually pulled an Austin Sig, kind of, and I used a cord to loosely bound bind my son's wrist to demonstrate. Not behind his back. I did it in front, and he could have easily gone out. So I don't want to sound like some sick uh, person
0: huh. here. Um, I think these uh, circulars are getting to you.
1: No, but you will actually see what I'm talking about. Did you already about. send it to me? No, I'm sending it to you now. Oh. I had to pull up my phone, and I couldn't really get to it okay but i'm also going to put this picture on the website because i think it's important that you see how it was bound okay i'm saying i just sent it to you um so um there is some information as to the trauma and injuries to the body as well as cause of death however i'm going to address that a little bit later probably it's probably going to be in part two um because i want to compare all of the victims at the same time um So when her husband was questioned, which is standard operating procedure for any case like this, he told them he thought the attack could have been some, have something to do with the place she worked. Now, apparently she worked for local video store. Isn't that fucked up? A local (laughs) video rental store that was known in the area for their vast selection of pornographic snuff films.
0: Oh, you said porn. I was excited. What's the address? But the snuff film, that's.
1: Okay, it was a video story. You know it's not open anymore. Fine. (laughs) Okay.
0: Missed the video story. Because
1: two other employees were actually stabbed to death there just the year before.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. He often told her he didn't like her working there. And he fully believed that her murder was somehow connected to her employment at that store, Although he did not know how. Okay. Now. I'm going to go on to victim number two. Her name was Regina Sakamoto. Eight months later. I'm guessing near-
0: she's Japanese.
1: Probably is. Or <laughs> Hawaiian with, with Japanese ancestors. Right, right this is being a Oh, ancestor. I thought you were just trying to be actually intelligent there, but I should have known better. <laughs> so nearly eight months later, on January 14th of 1986, okay, 17 year old Regina Sakamoto was halfway through her senior year and preparing to attend Hawaii Pacific university, which is a sister university to the university at, that's in my town that I live in. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. In the fall, when she realized she had missed the bus for school, that would take her to Laili, Laili Hua. I had to pronounce it right. High school. She called her boyfriend at around seven fifteen that morning uh, to tell him she'd be late since she had to catch the city bus. That was the last time she would be heard from. Her body was discovered the next morning, and when investigators arrived at the scene, so many things looked frighteningly familiar. Okay, Maybe how
0: she was tied
1: up. Uh, well, the first similarity was the location where the body was found. It was also discovered in Kihei Lagoon, but it was approximately one mile from where Vicky was found. Where the mouth of the lagoon met Mamala Bay. So you have Mamala Bay and then the lagoon filters in and then it goes back into a canal. Okay,
0: that makes sense. I actually
1: have a picture on the website that'll show the layout of where some of these victims were found and how, you know, the proximity and what it looks like. Right. Okay. So, however, that wasn't the only similarity. Regina was found wearing just a blue tank top and a white sweatshirt, naked from the waist down. Oh, okay, okay, And then, when they recovered her body from the water, they noticed that her wrists were bound behind her back. Now, he used the same type of parachute cord, and the well suspect I'll say used the same type of parachute cord and tied in the same exact method that Vicky's wrists were. Um, now, I will try to explain to it, but like I said, I have a picture if the cord was wrapped around the wrists. And then it, it was taken and wrapped through the middle.
0: Right. I got the picture. Of yeah, what you but did I was to trying to explain
1: it to the listeners so they wouldn't be like, how was she bound? Which means basically, because this was behind their back, too. I did my sons in front. Right. But if even then, there's no way they could have even tried to pull the cord away because it was bound in the middle, too, to secure it. Right. So, you know, he wanted to make sure they didn't get away.
0: Well, yeah. If you're going to strangle somebody, I mean, you don't want to take that risk that they're going to. True that? True Get away that. or fight back or you know, knock the shit out of you.
1: Yeah. So even without the reports from the coroner and the pathologists, they had no problem linking this murder to Vicky's since the killer in both instances used the same exact M.O., modus operandi, which you love to say. I
0: do. I love that. I one. know. Me too. I'm trying to work it in actually at a business meeting. I'm trying to work that in business meetings. Are too. you going to yeah. say, is
1: that your modus operandi? I, <laughs>
0: I, I do that in meetings. I, I'm sorry. Is that your modus operandi? <laughs> then they just look at me like I'm a fucking freak of nature.
1: Yeah. Well, almost. There's one exception. They also found that Regina had one end of an electrical extension cord tied to her foot and the other end secured to the rocks by the concrete barrier next to the edge of the water. This unsub wanted to make sure her body was found.
0: Well, that's obvious, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'll get into a little bit more later, but yeah, hang on. So, victim three is Denise Hughes. It would be only 16 days later. On January 30th of 1986, 21-year-old Denise Hughes did not show up for work. Okay?
0: Well, it's hard to show up for work when you're being murdered.
1: Well, they didn't know that at the time.
0: I wonder if she got written up for that.
1: I hate you.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Okay.
1: She worked at a telephone company as a secretary, and she took the bus to work every day. Oh, cool. Yeah, her body was discovered by three young fishermen in Moanalua Stream, just a little further northeast of where Vicky's body was found. And when the detectives arrived on the scene, they got a sinking feeling in the pit of their stomach. The scene before them was, again, hauntingly familiar. However, there were a couple of differences as well, which I'm going to address Oh, which I'm going to dress first, okay? Instead of talking about everything else. Unlike Vicky and Regina, the unsaid took the time to wrap Denise up in a blue tarp.
0: Oh, okay. So that's actually a little bit of an escalation, but... And more methodical.
1: Well, and kind of like he was hiding her. As opposed to leaving her in the open.
0: Still, that's a little bit of an escalation. An escalation doesn't always mean that they're getting more brutal.
1: This is true.
0: Just that they're adding more to the process. Okay. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. And also, the other difference in this crime scene is that this area of the canal was wide open. There was no tall grass. There was no, like, rocky area. It was just wide open. Like, an open field type This
0: guy's thing. taking chances.
1: Yeah. But then he's wrapping her up, which makes me wonder if he knew he wanted her body to be found, but not too soon because he might still be in the area yeah
0: he doesn't want to be discovered
1: yeah exactly that's what i was thinking with this whole thing okay um although the other crime scenes were tucked deep into the woods they were still somewhat secluded in comparison to this one and like i said i'll have a map a little later well in the blog post that will show the locations where the bodies were found now let's talk about the similarities When her body was retrieved from the water, she was wearing only a blue dress and did not have underwear on. Her wrists were bound behind her back with the parachute cord, and the method the cord was tied was exactly the same. Um, Maybe it's important to note here, though, that the type of binding and the method used to tie the binds had never been released to the public until 2018. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that is important to note here. Well, it
0: actually makes sense because if, if, you, if you're looking for the killer. Yeah, you, you get, always
1: hold information back.
0: And if you have a bunch of people calling in and say, oh, I did it. Oh, I killed him. Okay. Tell me some basic information. How would you bind your hands? Are oh, you zip ties? Yeah. Well, you're not it. Um,
1: right. Well, you know. and that's how they caught Price, remember? Because he explained exactly that he saw boxes and shit in the first victim's house. Right. Yeah. That wasn't released to the public. And Mary Bell when she told about the scissors.
0: Yeah, but Mary Bell. Mm-hmm. Can't forget my little sweetheart there.
1: Long lost love there, Scott. A little bit. I had to. Get, I'm sorry. I had to giggle for a second. Um, but anyways, um, this yeah. So the only person that could get that exact detail perfect each and every time was the killer. They couldn't have been a copycat, right?
0: No. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but yeah, no copycat yeah. going on there.
1: Okay. Other than knowing without a doubt they were dealing with, this, with a serial killer, the authorities on the scene noticed two other things that could link all three of them together. All three of them, all three of the crime scenes were within a six to ten minute drive from each other and they were all in very close proximity to the nearby airport.
0: Hold on right there. I want to interject something because you and I were arguing about this goddamn tube sock killer when i said it's a dumping site where people hunt is going to be kind of close in and for that first one to drive 10 motherfucking miles away is ludicrous that first murder had nothing to do with it okay that's all i had to say
1: oh i thought you were gonna no still berate me for a second there's some hiding no no no.
0: because it this dude here, he's dumping in, okay. in in the same general area.
1: Right. Well, like I said, I didn't necessarily agree with them that the first one was related to the tube socks, but I am throwing in possibilities here just to see if you think, you know, because it's it given a, to me as a possibility.
0: It was definitely a two-killer thing, no matter what. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: It was definitely a two-killer thing. Anyways, so... For this reason, they chose to zero in on that area and started looking at the nearby industrial track, paying special attention to the airport itself due to the aviation tie the parachute cord gave them. Makes sense. Okay. Now, I'm going to talk about victim number four. Her name was Luis Medeiros.
0: Well, is, is there... Did they say the time span in between yeah, these? Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, the first one was murdered, and then eight months later, on January 14th, the second one. Okay. Then 16 days later, after the second one, was the third one.
0: So that's our, okay, so that, that's part of our escalation, right? Yes. Yeah. less of a cooling down period.
1: Right. Yes, Unless it exactly. goes
0: dormant, it's going to well, stay. Yeah,
1: because it was like, you went from eight months to 16 days. Right. Okay.
0: Well, no, it was eight months to what? How many months?
1: It was the first one, and then eight months to the next one, and only sixteen days to the third one. Yeah. And now number four was a little less than two months late after the third one.
0: Okay, he stretched that out a little bit, a little longer cooling off period. So on March 26th of
1: 1986, 25 year old Louise Madero's was returning home to Waipua from her mother's funeral in Kauai. Okay, Waipua is this general area where all this is happening. She had taken the red eye back to Oahu and planned on just taking a bus home from the airport. After she got off the airplane and started walking towards Nimitz, Nimitz H1, which is the main highway there, to catch the bus, she was never seen alive again. okay. Her body was found seven days later, face down in the Waikali stream under the Waikali Bridge near some concrete pillars by some road workers who were in the area.
0: So this is after a two-month cooling-off period, right?
1: Less, A little less than, little too less much. than two
0: months. Okay, I just want to make sure that I'm keeping okay. up with it.
1: Yeah, even though Louisa's body was found 12 miles from the location of the other three victims... It didn't take long after the authorities arrived on the scene to realize she was another victim of the sunsub.
0: Well, I would think because of the, probably the rope in the bar of the parachute cord.
1: Yeah, when she, her body was removed from the water, she was wearing only her blouse naked from the waist down and the calling card with the material and method used to bind her. The significance of this location, the location of this crime scene will come into play a little bit later because it was so far from the others. I promise I won't leave you wondering why she was so far away. I promise. (laughs) Okay. Now, victim five. Just over a month later. So we went from eight months to 16 days to almost two months to one month.
0: Jesus, this guy's all over the fucking map, man
1: all over the map.
0: God, pick on, pick a schedule, homie. Like, <laughs> yeah, for dude, real, man.
1: You are driving us crazy. Yeah, pick a damn schedule we can yeah. work with. So, on April 29th of 1986, 36-year-old Linda Pesci was found le- left home for work and since she had a meeting scheduled for after work, she actually wasn't expected home until late that evening. The next morning, her roommate was told she never made it to work and that her car was actually seen parked along the side of Nimitz H1 viaduct.
0: Pretty consistent, though. People are going to work.
1: Yeah, going to work or something. Right. Right, in that area. Why did I... How did I... Oh, anyways. Knowing something was wrong, her roommate filed a missing person report with the police. Okay? Okay. On May 3rd, just four days after she was last seen alive, a man came forward and called called the police station and told them that a psychic told him the remains of the body would be found on Sand Island, which was located in the mouth of the Honolulu Harbor and just happened to be across the canal from where Denise's body was found. Okay? So... Some officers were sent out to escort him down there, and he pointed out some bones in the middle of the clearing. These bones late, were later established just to be pig bones. Okay? All right. And after three days or four days, it's not going to just be bones anyways. Right. She's still going to have some soft tissue. A lot. Okay? Okay. But approximately 75 yards from where the officers were standing with this man, a couple was in a more secluded area collecting cans and bottles that they'd be able to take back to town for return for the deposit. And coincidentally, while they were doing this, they discovered a body of a deceased female. After the officers roped off the area and the detectives arrived... They soon realized there was yet another victim of the unsub where they who they were already hunting.
0: This was a couple that was just walking together, right?
1: This is a couple that was just collecting bottles and cans. See,
0: that's jacked up. And they came
1: across this body. Yes.
0: I can't imagine being out with, with, with a girl, you know,
1: or even your wife or your cousin or, or your sister. Yeah.
0: Or or even, even my son and I, if we're out just kind of like, maybe we're at the beach, we're just like, hey, let's just go like collect some shells or something like yeah, that. Yeah, with it's your a good metal day.
1: detector collecting your dignity.
0: <laughs> Look, young lady, back in my day. But, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, dad, what's this? Oh, shit, it's a dead body. That fucks up your weekend.
1: Yeah. No doubt, yo. Um, So th- they soon realized that, like I said, that this was. Another victim of the serial killer they had. Um, She was completely nude this time, and her wrists, and he left the same calling card.
0: Yeah, the binding. Yeah. That's his. uh, Pretty much. Yeah. That's his business card right there. That is. He's still open for business.
1: Laying it out there, minus his name. That's all.
0: Oh, exactly. Hi, my name's Random Serial Killer. Uh, Here's my my business card.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So now I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. After Denise's body, you know, the third victim was found. Right. Because in order to be a serial killer, it has to be three bodies. Three
0: bodies over a period of time.
1: With the same MO.
0: Correct.
1: Yeah. So after her body was discovered, authority re- authorities <laughs> realized quickly that they had a serial killer on their hands.
0: Should have realized that after the third body. We're on five. No,
1: this is number two. I'm going back to after they found the third body. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I said I was rewinding.
0: <clears throat> Sorry. I missed
1: that. Yeah, no. Again. He doesn't listen to me, folks. Sorry, were you talking? They heard me. No. <laughs> Since this was something new to everyone at the Honolulu Police Department, as there had never been a documented serial killing case in that state prior to this, they decided to put for- together a task force.
0: Makes sense. Yeah.
1: So they formed this task force on February 5th of 1986, which happened to be, let me scroll back up here for a second, the... Uh, She was found on January 31st, so, like, not that long after. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like five days later. And this task force actually consisted of 27 people. It was led by Detective Louise Souza. And it was around the same time that the Green River Killer was still very active in Seattle. Oh yeah. So Detective Souza knew there was a task force dedicated to looking for that killer, and it was with this knowledge that he enlisted the help of the FBI as well as the established Green River Task Force. Okay, so Sweet. he was bringing in the big dogs.
0: Well, it makes sense. I mean, if you don't know about something, you bring in people who know about that shit, right?
1: Especially exactly. if it's a killer,
0: you know. <laughs> I mean, shit.
1: Yeah. Now, I want to give you some brief history on the FBI's, like, BAU, the ones that deliver the um, profiling, okay? Now, brief history here. Let me find – okay, here it is. Um, By 1986, okay, in 1976, two FBI agents set about to establish a database for serial offenders, okay, 1976 – they, only, they did this by interviewing only 36 serial predators who were already incarcerated, and after only three years, they assumed that database was complete.
0: They actually did a TV show about that. Yes. Um, and it was a really good show, too. Which one? I'm trying to remember what the You're hell. You're not talking about one?
1: Criminal Minds, are no, you? No, it's not Criminal oh.
0: Minds. They actually set it in the, uh, in the 70s. And uh, surprisingly, the the ones that the people they had playing the, the serial killers looked surprisingly like the real killers, like uh, they had Charles Manson on there and uh, a couple of other ones that were. It was really wow. I, That's I
1: cool. I should we should look that up to find out what it is. Uh, I will. Uh, but so in 1979, after this list was quote unquote complete. Um, the agents began working in the field to consult on cases and provide local law enforcement agencies with profiles that were based on the evidence that had been collected at the crime scene and comparing it with information they had gleaned from their interviews and compiled into the database to basically tell them what type of killer they were looking for. Okay. Okay? So, one agent actually more recently stated that early profiling was just a bunch of agents basing everything on rough research because it was only three years, 36 offenders, okay, hoping they happened to be right more often than they were wrong.
0: Right, and by the way, the name of that show is called Mind, Hun- Mind Hunters.
1: You know what? I was going to ask you that, but then I was like, no, we couldn't been talking about that one.
0: It was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I've they, heard that.
0: They left me on a cliffhanger with that one. Actually, too. I
1: was going to say, my therapist actually told me to watch that one when I told her we were doing this.
0: It's, it's actually really good, and it's really, really, really accurate.
1: Oh, well, that's good.
0: And it adds a little bit of drama in there, too. Yeah. But um, it, I I don't watch very much TV. You don't? Um, I listen to music and read a lot. Um, and this was a series I followed super close. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So yeah. anyway, check that series okay, well,
1: out. It also needs to be noted here, though, that the agents involved in compiling the original database had no experience in psychology, and neither did the agents who delivered the profile to local law enforcement. Okay? Prior to the 90s, offender profiling wasn't even a part of investigative psychology. Oh wow. So they didn't start employing psychologists, forensic psychologists or anything like that until the 90s. And this crime happened in 1986. Okay? Now, let me go back up here. I got to scroll all the way to the top of my page and back down a little bit. So, with that in mind, okay? The right. profile of the unsub that the task force was given by FBI profilers, and I want you to keep this information in mind for part in part two, is as follows. He was an opportunist who attacked women who were in vulnerable situations and not one who stalks his victims. Okay. It's likely he lives or works in the Waiapahu or Sand Island area. Okay? Okay. Okay. Now, the first thing this task force did was focused on suspicious activity along the industrial track with an influx of officers patrolling around the airport because they felt that was a significant area. All right. Now, we go into... um, It was after Louise's body was found victim four that the task force started running sting operations using female officers in plain clothes as decoys around both Kihi Kihi Lagoon and Honolulu International Airport. All right? Okay. So with the discovery of a fifth known victim, Honolulu Police Department set up roadblocks in the area so that they could question commuters. And that's when witnesses came forward and told them they had seen a light or cream-colored cargo van Driven by a Caucasian or mixed-race man near Pesci's car on the day it was left there. Cool. Now, is it just me. I mean, because we just recently covered a case where we talked about, oh, I don't know, a van, a cargo van.
0: Yeah. Don't you think <laughs> that
1: serial killers should know by now, don't drive vans? My son's even make comments about, oh, there's my van. <laughs> you know?
0: Me too. I, I call them all Chimo vans.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay i I want to hold this. I'm gonna f- do this. I can control control F it later, so I'm not scrolling up and down because this is annoying me. Um. So hang on. I am so sorry.
0: It's okay. Do your thing.
1: You know what?
0: If you're having technical difficulties beyond your control,
1: I I was a little bit, but give me a second. Okay, now I'm back down here. Up here, I mean. So, okay. So they did that, okay? And they found, that, I mean, they had all these, these a few witnesses saying that there was a van, okay? Now, they decide, they actually kind of figured they might have the guys, so they bring a suspect in. Oh, cool. Yeah, after the discovery of Linda's remains, the detectives on the case focused their attention on the man who reported and led them to the, some bones that eventually led them to Linda's body, decomposing body. Ooh. Okay. So during their investigation, they discovered he actually owned a cream-colored cargo van that matched the description of the van seen by witnesses along Nimitz H1. So they arrested this guy. His name was, I swear to God, if you make a joke about this, I'm going to leap across his desk and punch you. Are you ready? Do tell. Are you going to make a joke? Probably. Maybe. (laughs) They arrested this guy, and his name was Howard Gay.
0: How could I not make a joke at that? Really? Like, (laughs) for real. Andrew Gay. For real.
1: I knew you would, so go ahead. Have it done.
0: He couldn't have done it.
1: (laughs) Because he was gay. Because
0: he's gay. (laughs) Sounds like the panties missing. Just saying. Let's see. Oh, my God. Maybe he was collecting panties.
1: There are so many jokes you could go with this.
0: Oh, there is. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: just going to sit back and let you finish. Nah, I'm done. I'll, of course you are, now that I was going to take a hit off my puffer, but that's yeah, okay. you're welcome. So they arrested him on May 9th of 1986 and brought him in for questioning. Um, now, I initially found a couple reports that said the authorities also questioned his ex-wife and girlfriend at this time. Um, but I was able to find some more sources later and i'll get into this later um but i just want to make a note here because a lot of people when they start doing things like this and they want to report on him and there's nothing against other podcasts out there dig deeper because wikipedia is not a reliable source
0: no and here's the reason folks because you can edit it
1: anybody can change it i'm actually a member on wikipedia and they've asked me to edit articles so yeah So as well as some couple of blog articles I found that were, but these blog articles were written in the early 2000s. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say, but I were able, I was able to find some other sources um, about who was questioned and when. Okay. But I'll get into it in a little bit. Now, while he was being questioned by detectives, they took note of his demeanor and body language. And you know as well as I do, body language is a lot.
0: Was he flamboyant? No, Scott. I'm just asking because I'm curious.
1: No, you want to just keep making jokes about his name. Maybe. Okay. So, which the FBI told them, you know, because the FBI profilers told them, which we've already established at that time, we're not psychologists. Right. Okay. Told them would be quite significant. Okay. They noticed that while he was sitting across from them, he would sit with his legs and legs crossed and he kept crossing and uncrossing his hands and arms in front of his chest. Now, this is actually said to indicate someone is in defensive mode and attempting to keep people at a distance.
0: He's in the cop shop. And he's being questioned know, right? by the fucking FBI. Well,
1: and- when I I realize I do it myself and I try to stop myself, when I'm irritated with somebody when they're talking to me, I will literally cross my hands in front of me.
0: Yeah, You know, uh, friggin',
1: yeah.
0: if I was being questioned by the FBI, even if there was no evidence against me and I knew that I didn't do it and I had like a hundred different alibis that said, hey, he wasn't ever there because we all saw him. Right. I would still be nervous as shit.
1: Right. Right, and they also go on to say that they noticed that he never made eye contact with them, not even once, which is said to indicate someone has something to hide, or they have some sort of guilt about something.
0: No, he thought the FBI guy was a little attractive. Dude, whatever. I told you, I could
1: always tell when my daughter was lying, she had to tell, and I won't ever say it out loud, because I don't want her to ever change it, because to this day, I know when she's lying to me. (laughs) 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 But, um... The detectives then asked him if he'd be willing to take a polygraph exam, and he agreed.
0: A Polynesian
1: polygraph. Anywho, the result (laughs) of that exam was actually inconclusive. But since it can't be used in a court of law anyways, the authorities couldn't base their case on this alone. So during this time, other members of the task force were busy putting together more information on him to try and help strengthen their case. Because, let's face it, owning a similar vehicle, pointing out pig bones, and not passing a polygraph are not enough to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt.
0: Exactly, because I don't know if the cops knew this at the time, but sometimes pigs die out in the wild and leave the bones behind.
1: Especially out there, because that's wild boar country.
0: Exactly. It's not like anybody's yeah. going, this is the pig pickup service, and uh, that's at the, when the bar's closed. But, um, you know, and, and trying to pick up pig remains.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so they found out that he worked at a place called Flying Tigers Cargo in the vicinity of the airport. Um, remember when I told you that the location of Louise's body was, Louise, Louise's body was important. Right. Okay. Well, now I'm going to tell you why. See, I didn't leave you hanging that long. Um, Gay lived in an area called Emerald Beach, which is only approximately Four miles from where she was found, and that crime scene is also along the very route one would have to take to get from Emerald Beach to Flying Tiger Cargo near the airport. Oh. So when he would have to drive by that spot every day.
0: So what was that guy's first name again? Howard. Howard.
1: Why? What are you looking up there, big guy? Nothing. Stop it. You're going to go ahead of me, and I don't like that.
0: I'm not. I'm responding because our intern was like, what's that dude's name again? Because I hear that you're making gay jokes.
1: Oh, gotcha. We're not talking about your friend in Florida. <laughs> sorry. Um, so he yeah, would, His name
0: wasn't Charles. Yeah.
1: So he would drive by that location at least twice every day when he went to work and when he came back home.
0: Well, it does make it for, conven- for convenience. It does. Because, you know, you can rape and kill at night and then dr- drop the body and do whatever you need to, yeah. to And you to have work. a van. You got, you got a Chimo van already, a Chimo Lester van.
1: Why do you call it a chimo? Chimo,
0: Esther. Chimo.
1: You always stop talking. Right when I'm taking a puff, I always think, okay, he's going to (laughs) talk for a minute. And then as soon as I put it into my lips and hit the button, you stop fucking talking. Do you like it out of your lips? Are you guys both done? I have the intern over here now piping in because he finally got his ass out of bed. (laughs) But I will say he works nights, so it's all good. Okay. So detectives took all of this to the district attorney's office. OK, and at that time, the D.A. did not feel they s- still had enough to even try to prosecute him.
0: I honestly don't think that they do either. I mean, right. if you look at the bigger picture, right. yeah, he passes the same spot a couple of times a day. OK, so th- there is opportunity. But how many other people? And yeah, he does same... work
1: at a cargo place. But
0: so how, how many other people re- work at cargo places yeah, that well, have we're not
1: just that we have to remember, Hawaii is a military hub.
0: Yeah, so There's other people. There's a lot of
1: people who have access to paracords.
0: And that maybe drive vans, convert, you know, type, type of a van, and that travel up that same goddamn stretch of highway.
1: And it's, so, I mean, because you were calling them Chimos. I've always heard to them referred to as Chomos because I watch Lockup.
0: <laughs> oh, no, Chimo, Chimo Lester vans. Yeah. I, actually, I actually want to get a white panel van I want to put free candy on the side. Except they got to put like free Wi-Fi.
1: Why don't you just put freaking ice cream stickers on the side and they'll think you're the ice cream man and you can haul them in that way.
0: Oh, my God. That's brilliant.
1: (laughs) I know. Hey, I probably know a place you could get ice cream, too. Hold on.
0: Intern, I need you to look up uh, vans for me because I need a van.
1: He needs a white cargo van. You know what the weird part about that is? My grandpa used to drive a like a cream colored cargo van that he totally like decked out the back into like a like a little room. Oh, yeah. He found one right away dicks so the authorities had no other choice but to release him right that makes sense right keep in mind also that forensic science technology was still in its infancy if not its embryonic stages at this time so they didn't have very much evidence in that area to help prove their case
0: right right right
1: okay i want to keep let people know because some people would say why didn't they just get his dna it wouldn't have mattered Back then, the only thing they could detect was uh, blood type. Right. This was during
0: the 80s, right?
1: Correct. And I also have some information on that. Um, Ah, crap. Anyways, so so if we have information on that one there that... I can't find it right now. I'll find it later. On, you know, when they could start using DNA evidence and everything. But, so let's go back down to the task force and the suspect. Okay. I can't. I hate scrolling because I lose everything. Okay. So, there's that. Um, They still felt he was the unsub, though. So they submitted all of his information into a state database, as well as the FBI database, the VICAP and, you know, all that. Right, right, right. In case there were similar cases in any other area.
0: Makes sense, yeah.
1: Now, this was right around the time law enforcement was progressing into the digital world, and not all cases from the past had been entered yet. And so with, this infor- with his information there, if a past case got entered that matched these, his life, his file would get flagged as a person of interest. And the same thing would happen if any future cases occurred. Okay. okay? Yeah. So private businesses even offered up a $25,000 reward for any information that led to an arrest and conviction in this case. But nothing ever panned out. And the case technically and I'll explain more later, remains unsolved to this day.
0: I feel bad for him because, given today's technology, a lot of places do background checks. Totally. So now...
1: No, because he was never charged, so he doesn't even have to claim that on his record. He doesn't
0: have to claim it, but I just always wondered if it maybe flags, like, was suspected in...
1: No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Not unless... Because they do court backgrounds, not FB, not suspicious by-cat backgrounds. So, oh. yeah. Okay. So, um, it's important for me to also note here that after he was released, there were no other murders that reported that could be linked to this case. Now. Okay. Howard Gay died of kidney failure in November of 2003 and would never be prosecuted.
0: Well, then I don't feel sorry for him. He's dead.
1: Okay. Now. I'm going to go, we're going to discuss some questions, and then we're going to cover the rest in part two.
0: Cool, cool. Because, yeah, we're kind of running out of time on this one. I
1: know. So um, here's my first question. If he is, if he and the Honolulu Strangler are truly one and the same, why did he lead the authorities to the vicinity of where um, Linda's body, who was victim number five, was?
0: Maybe it was the uh, the. The Bundy theory, which is I'm smarter than the cops, I can outsmart them.
1: Okay. I actually had a couple other theories. I would just want to hear what you said first. Okay. My theory was that since Vicki, Regina, and Denise, the first three victims, were found so quickly the following day, was he was disappointed it took the people so long to find Louise's body.
0: Oh, that could have been it, too. And
1: I think that he was getting upset that it was taking them so long to find Linda. So he just, you know, because I believe he might have taken some extra pleasure in knowing that his victims were discovered while they were still, for lack of a better phrase, fresh. I say fresh. You always, it's sad that we're starting to think alike. (laughs) And it wasn't as pleasurable for him when they started to, to decompose. Well,
0: I, I would imagine so. Like, seriously, if, if he was the serial killer, which we're not saying that he is, you know, you're sitting there and you're, it, it, it's the excitement. It's going to come up on the news. You know, it's going to be made public. And you're like, okay, I dropped her off yesterday. That day goes. The next day goes. The next day goes. It's right. like,
1: when are they going to find Wait, her? Hello. And then it took them, what, eight days to find the Seven. First- Seven days. You're right. Seven days. And it was four days when they found the. Yeah. Because he actually took them to the area. So
0: you got to be at, uh, on the edge of your seat, you know, sitting there going, come on, it's going to be any day now. Why haven't you found this body?
1: Yeah. I left her for you. Right. And I think, and I'm wondering if it's because there were road crew in that area, but for some reason they hadn't gone over by where she was. You know what I mean? So that was that question. Um. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Okay, so now let's go forward just a little bit. They arrested him on May 9th. Okay. Okay. They brought him in for questioning, but ultimately they had to let him go. When they let him go, there were no more cases with that signature. Knowing all that, my first question is, if he is the killer, did this arrest and questioning spook him enough that he didn't commit another murder?
0: Yeah, I would think it would because now... Okay, so... If you're a serial killer and you're living in Los Angeles, serial killings happen in places like L.A., right? Like the Night Stalker. There's a history. Okay. So they always say, we brought an FBI profile or, you know, Don Don or whatever, you know, and uh, and they always talk about that. And it's very relevant to where you're living. Right. You know, you're in L.A., the FBI's there. You're in fucking Hawaii, and there's never been a serial killer reported before. Now... Not only are you hearing about the FBI, you're talking to the freaking FBI face-to-face. Right. That's got to make your butthole pucker up a little bit. And he didn't
1: make Ted Bundy's pucker.
0: That's a little bit different. Yeah,
1: he was a fucking, he Be- was so egotistical.
0: This guy here's probably thinking, okay, if he is the serial killer, going, okay, uh, this shit needs to stop. Game over. Or even if he's not. If that was released to the public, the real serial killer could be sitting there going, hey, they're bringing the FBI in on this, and they catch serial killers. They have departments that that's what they're dedicated to is just catching serial killers.
1: Okay. I I also have a couple more questions in regards to that. That if he wasn't the killer, do you think that the real unsub took that opportunity to let somebody else possibly take the fall for his crimes and he stopped killing, at least in Hawaii, to oh, avoid yeah. capture? No,
0: no that's and exactly what I'm saying. And maybe switched
1: up the way he tied the ropes?
0: That's I think the FBI, being in the equation, either made him stop or... Or it go. scared
1: the real one. He was like, okay, I'll let this guy take the fall here and I'll go somewhere else and change it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. And maybe he changed how he binds even if he's still killing in hawaii because people die people get murdered
1: right okay he didn't make it so obvious
0: yeah maybe he's like okay this was my calling card even though they didn't release that so it was you know maybe he sat down and thought it through like um where did i make my mistake oh wait a minute i tied them all exactly the same because it's the knot that i'm most comfortable with
1: right or the Um, method and everything yeah the method yeah Because if you look at the way it's tied, it's almost as if they were tied like he was storing the rope for later.
0: I was going to say, it almost looks like a military type knot, like a sailor would use.
1: Mm -hmm. Either a sailor or a parachutist or something like that. Because it looks like like the way they would tie the rope one way and then around the middle to secure it.
0: Right. Yeah. So maybe he sat down. He's smart enough to think it through and go, okay, I want to continue the game. Okay. But I can't tie them the same way. And maybe I can't remove the panties off. And maybe
1: of. I can't use parachute cord. Yeah.
0: You know. Well, even
1: if he'd left the panties off, people I mean, unfortunately, people get raped all the time too. Okay,
0: no, well, I'm I'm just throwing that out no, there. No, I was just, just saying a, another you know? variable. But he's he's adding more or less variables.
1: Right. To so not that, make it so obvious.
0: So that he can keep playing the game. Because to some people, this is a game. Like to Bundy, it was a fucking game.
1: Oh yeah. Bundy was. It was like he was challenging the FBI and the police to, like, say, you know what I mean? He like, you know what? You got me right here, but you still don't know it's me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was a game. And maybe it's the same way with, with this guy. It's a game, except that he's smart enough to go, okay, the FBI is going to catch me. Okay. Because if it's just the local cops, right? Even if yeah. they call in other local, or other cops that have done serial killers. Right. Yeah. They're not experts.
1: Yeah, that's true. And a lot of people fear the name. I mean, the initials FBI, DEA, CIA. It's like anytime you have those acronyms that everybody gets scared.
0: I'm already terrified.
1: (laughs) Because I said DEA. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) No, I mean, that's why. I mean. I have more theories and stuff later, but that's all I have for part one here. Because I think the rest of it gets into a little later in the years. And it all tight. Ty- I mean, it's all connected to that time frame. So, oh, sweet. Yeah. So this is all I have for part one.
0: All right. This has been part one of the Honolulu Strangler.
1: Right. And follow- listen to us next week for part two. That's
0: right. Next week is part two. Yeah. So I want to remind everybody that you can send us an email at brutal dot Cast at gmail.com and please visit our website at www.twistedbluellc.com and since everybody shops on amazon anyway if you could help us out a little bit click on the amazon link Uh, take you to amazon to do your shopping it doesn't cost you any extra just helps out the show we would appreciate it a lot this has been a production of Twisted Blue, LLC. Copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue, LLC. And we will continue this next week. Bye-bye. You going to say bye?
1: Bye. Oh, Sorry. There you go. I, no, I started searching for something. I apologize. Oh, bye, you everybody. just like, tripped it
0: off or something. <laughs> no, dude. Chances. I just, my bye. mind went somewhere else. Some I apologize. I apologize. So,